0: a lot of people see hospitality as like in this performance um, spectrum and truly hospitable people don't see it that way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Truly hospitable people see it as a connection spectrum. And I'm like, yeah, more the merrier. Um, And I think when we put it into like the children's birthday party with like the doilies and all these like different like decorations and that if you think of hosting in that way, you're never going to do it.
2: Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you wanna learn more about a 1,000 Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1kh.org.
1: Hey guys, I'm back with my friend Blake Smith and we are gonna talk to you guys about the tools, the mindset that goes into inviting people that are in your orbits, in your network, to events and to things that you might be doing just becoming a a person that loves to invite and fold this is for some people a skill that they have to learn like me or this is sort of very intuitive and just kind of how they are like blake but i wanted to spend some time talking to blake because um this weird thing happens when i host something especially that that's open blake will say hey can i invite people and then it's All these people will show up um, and I I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens between the time when you ask and all the people show up. And uh, and I know that I'm only seeing even like a a sliver of of the things that you do in terms of, you know, whether it's like grabbing coffee with people or inviting people to your house. Um, And so there's something in the culture that you and Chandler have that that is really unique in this area that I don't I don't see. I don't find familiar. So let's talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, no, this is really interesting. When we started to talk about it, I'm not. This is uh, we talk about this idea of like conscious or unconscious competence. This yeah. is not an area that we we're not setting goals in this area. This yeah. is, I think, just kind of how we are. So yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what answers you get.
1: <laughs> so yeah, when you when you think about that, like you're coming to a Midrash or you're coming to uh, an event where you're like, ooh, there's people that need need this. Like, talk me through, like, what are you like physically thinking, and then what are you physically doing? um, in that in-between space?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, so I'd say, let's use the example of the midrash. Um, okay. generally there are all these people that I want to be hanging out with regularly and we have five kids number six on the way. And so I have, and I'm running two businesses and so I don't have a lot of time. And so anytime I'm going to do a thing, I want to invite other people into it because it allows mm-hmm. me to see those people more, right? Like there are mm-hmm. only so many meetings you can have or so many lunches you can have. And so I see an event like going to the Bible study at your house is like, cool, I can see a bunch of different people. Mm. Um, two is I'm also thinking literally going to the Bible study at your house is one of my favorite things. It's a mm. you know, men's group, we get together, we just read the Bible and then we argue about it and drink bourbon. Like, yeah. it's actually one of my favorite things to do. And so I, I'm assuming, I, I think at a 10 out of 10, this is really good. Everybody should be doing this because I like it so much. Yeah. I just assume everybody else would like it a lot. Right. So I, yes. I like championing that thing. Cause I'm like, this is good for people. And it's kind of changed my life. I've been doing it for a decade with you. Hmm. Um, and it's been really good for me. Um, awesome. And so some of it's that I, I have people in my life that maybe are, are wanting to go on a similar journey to what I'm going on. And so I'm like, this is the most logical path. But team. how do
1: you, how do you even think about those? So do, do you like, I think a lot of people would just be like, I'll, I'll just go like like everyone has those people that you just described, people that they wish they could connect with. You actually text them or something like how do you think about them? And then what do you even say to them when you do that?
0: Yeah, I start with I'm going. Okay, And I think that's actually the most important piece in inviting people to things is the things happening with or without the person you're inviting. Okay. Um, and everybody needs to know that. Like, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come too? So there's no um, pressure
1: on them. They're not going to blow up your, you know. your day if they say no.
0: And I'm not saying, do you want to go with this together? It's like, hey, I'm going to be here tonight. You want to come? Um, okay. And so literally, I have like a group of people that I, I think I just like think of the people that often don't come unless I invite them. Yeah. And so I just think of those people or or people that I've met that I've said, oh, you should come to this sometime. Hmm. Um. And so normally when I'm like, it's normally the day of that I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm i free, I'm going to go to the Bible study tonight. And so I'll just think of those people, and I'll shoot them a quick text, text and just say, like, sometimes it's like, in all caps, Midrash tonight, or, you know, hey, I'm going to this Bible study, I told you about it a while ago, if you want to come, I'm going to be going tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just kind of, I'm just kind of text, and it's not like scheduled, I just, as soon as I think, oh, yeah, I'm going to this, I just think I should invite some people to go with me. And It's amazing um,
1: how many of them show up. I mean, do you feel like, is it because you've said maybe in a conversation with them beforehand something about it like you just described like what, what do you think warms them up to, to to saying yes you know there are a lot of these guys are busy yeah,
0: i, like I probably pre-sold it i, I probably pre- in that i'm like hey you know my mentor jeremy is really this has changed my life i maybe have hmm. sent a youtube you know i've sent you know the youtube video of your sermon or something like that and so like i have a lot of like i've already sold them on the concept and then okay. this is just like getting to go and do it live um and then I think some of this comes down to um, I moved. um, I moved every two to three years growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we always were moving. And so that shaped me in two ways. One, I was 100% dependent on the people who were inviters. That's the only way you get into a new community. I was homeschooled and moved every two to three years. Mm -hmm. So there are a handful of people who brought me into their world that Mm -hmm. they, and that world became my entire friend group. And Mm -hmm. so I can think of this one kid, Ben, who, when I was in seventh grade and kind of awkward, moved to Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio and at Faith Evangelical Free Church, when I walked into the youth group room, it was already getting started. He looked at me and he pointed at the seat next to him. Um, mm. That's all he did. And when he did that um, afterwards, my parents were like, oh, would you think we were church hopping because we had just moved to the city? And I said, I like that church. And they're mm. like, okay, well, if Blake likes it, he had a strong opinion. And so we went to that church because of a kid Ben pointing at the
1: chair. <laughs> pointing to, the to his chair. chair. Well, yeah. I-
0: and- that's all it took, you know? And yeah. like, I, but I was vulnerable. I had no friends. I was homeschooled yeah. in a new city in the winter, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are isolated and they, they don't that they're not being invited to things. And I would say that one of the things that, that holds me back is, is that fear of rejection. And like, like if I say, Hey, do you want to come tonight? And they just say, no, I'm not interested. Or, you know, it, it feels like for you, that's not like, you're not experiencing a lot of like, that's a big downside that I need to protect. Yeah. Against.
0: Yeah, no, and part of it's that I'm inviting a lot of people. You know, I'll probably text ten people, um, and so two or three. Will <laughs> so, so
1: you literally sit down and just do just do this all at once, like bam, 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 bam. Yeah, they're
0: all individual. I'm not doing a yeah. group text, but right. and I'm just individually just saying, hey, you want to go tonight? Um, yeah, and and it's mo- it's all coming from me actually wanting to see them. You know, yeah. I actually want to hang out. I think they know that, right? Mm. So it's it's genuine.
1: That's um, good.
0: I would say that's different than the invitation to my home. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say with the exception of we have a Bible study at our house now, this is now meeting on Thursday nights since we're not doing it at your house now on Thursday nights. Um, And I'd say that, that was inviting was very similar with that too. I'd be like, Hey, we're doing this Bible study. You should do it. And like, I would just text everybody. Um, But then there's like inviting people to my home for like a Friday night dinner or something like that. And that probably comes down a little bit to some of the values that Chandler and I have. Um, one of our values is this mindset of abundance, which is that there's always literally room at the table. We have Mm -hmm. a really large table that actually seats more than just our family. So, um, and Chandler, uh, my wife is the oldest of 10 kids. So she doesn't know how to make appropriate sized meals. And so like, (laughs) there's always extra food at all of our meals. Um, And so she, we've actually had an explicit conversation. She's like, you can invite people to dinner without letting me know. Um, And so if I show up at home with someone Mm -hmm. new, like that's her expectation and I, that's the culture her family was. I think to. I think
1: that's huge. I think, you know, I, I I understand why I think a lot of families don't have that that agreement. But I do think that this is one of the reasons why we for us, we've had to establish an open supper, um, because <clears throat> um, if you don't have anywhere in your life where if, if every single time you invite somebody, it's it's a it's a long process. It's a negotiation between you and your wife um you know you're unlikely to create the impulsive invite habit that you know that you guys have and and that's really what i'm encouraging people to consider is like have uh have a develop a um sort of a habit that when you're about to go somewhere like and i don't know when you typically do this but um you know, if it's 24 hours in advance or sometimes just a couple hours in advance. But but when you know you're committed to going somewhere um, that you have these places in your life where it's OK to impulsively invite. That seems like a big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And some of it's like you're halfway in a conversation and you run out of time and you say, hey, do you want to yeah. come over to dinner? And we can just keep on having this conversation. Like you can just like kick it into that other time, Yeah. Um, especially if it's starting to move into a more personal relationship like that, you know, that's cool. Um, not to mention, like I think some of it is from like a entrepreneurship standpoint. Like those relationships, um, they go so much deeper when someone comes in your home, and like it turns into business, it turns into friendships, it turns into yes. like other introductions. Like it's very self serving.
1: You know? Well, that's a, that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand; they've never, they haven't, their penny hasn't dropped in their own head how valuable their network is. So yes. this is incredibly valuable for your family, incredibly valuable for your children, and for your and for the kingdom and for your finances, like your network is so critical to all of those things that you want to accomplish in life. And so if, if you're somebody who, um, is constantly, if it takes 10 years to get to know you, you know, or, you know, if you, you're friends with three people and you refuse to open that circle, um, man, you're missing out so much. And that, that may be your temperament. And that's certainly close to my temperament, but I've, I've developed habits. And this is probably why I want to talk to Blake, because I know that, He's got a lot of capacity for relationships and he and he does this kind of inviting, but I need to build the skill of doing this like and I need to learn from people like him. And so, yeah, the, the idea of, okay, have value your network, like when you commit to going somewhere, um, have the habit of impulsive inviting and make sure that there are, are things in your weekly rhythm where impulsive invitations are expressly encouraged between you and your spouse uh, or whoever's in your household. Um, you know, and that may need to be something that you have to work out or work towards, but that's super valuable um, to, to get to that place. Any other principles that are popping to mind that you guys do, you and Chandler, um, that that have made this kind of thing, um, you know, easy for you guys?
0: Yeah, I think one thing that Chandler in particular does well is that she doesn't sweat. She and her mom are both really high on hospitality. And really low on their bar of how good it should be.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, yeah, let's just set on another plate, and you're having leftovers with us. You know, <laughs> like it's not like she does. It's not a. A lot of people see hospitality as like in this performance right um, spectrum, yes. and truly hospitable people don't see it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, truly hospitable people see it as a connection spectrum, and I'm like, yeah, more the merrier. Um, and I think when we put it into the, like the children's birthday party with like the doilies and all these like different like decorations and that if you think of hosting in that way you're never going to do it
1: yeah and that's a lot of that to how you're raised if you were raised where your parents were very stressed out when they were having somebody over for dinner and everything had to be perfect then you might have those expectations for yourself it's really valuable to get over that and to start to um, just say what's important is a relationship and so there's there's sometimes basic things like make sure they have a glass of water, have some, you know, if you want to have you're kind of into wine or other special drinks, have extra stuff like that available. And then just let it be what it is. Our house is not totally clean. You know, the food is what it is like, but we're going to sit down. We're going to like, you know, get to have a good conversation. You're going to, you're going to feel like a part of the family. And man, for so many people, increasingly, that's going to be really valuable and um that's going to be an experience they're going to appreciate having been invited to so super good anything else
0: yeah um the only other thing was maybe on the area of hobbies um Mm. which is uh how hobbies are a natural way to intersect with other people um and it's a natural way for you to be the recipient of coaching from from Uh, people who maybe are not are not christians and um who Right. And so like you can essentially look up to these people and who who are way better. Than, so for me, my hobbies are like wakeboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding. Now, very new jujitsu, starting to get yeah. into that which has been very fun. Nice. Um, and then uh, music, uh, like mm-hmm. writing music. And so these are areas where I have a lot of friends that I look up to, maybe not from a faith standpoint, but from a skill standpoint. And so they see me as like someone they're coaching and that I can bring them into my home and then I can trade and maybe show them something about family and like, mm-hmm everyone's better than everyone at something and so it it feels this kind of mutuality that i really like that as a as a foundation for invitation um, because it doesn't feel like you're doing a handout
1: yeah mutuality is critical in friendship and so if you're trying to establish that and you have this really deep faith you know commitment that can be very intimidating for a non-believer to want to be friends with you they could be like well all they care about, all they talk about, all their relationships are all around their faith. And so if you don't have hobbies or things where they can intersect and try to be your equal, or even like Blake's describing, maybe ahead of you, the relationship's gonna feel unmutual, and that's gonna violate kind of a basic principle of friendship um, that they, they maybe don't wanna be underneath you, you know, and in, in in everything or, or whatever. And so, yeah, I've, I've experienced that. I've been thinking about that a lot. I've, I've definitely engaged in a lot of hobbies, just to create that experience because i love the hobby but also i want to have relationships like that so that's a good and that also creates another avenue for invitation finding other people who are into that creating that common ground that's kind of the I, the interests um field that we've talked about in, in previous videos so this is really good so yeah you guys um just in terms of takeaways here um how are you on a scale of one to ten at impulsive invitation so just kind of Like take some time to journal that, like if you're a one, a five, a 10, whatever, wherever you're at. But if you're like, if you're below an eight, like then journal why, like, what is it? And we try to really explore the things that might be getting in the way. Things like there's nothing that I'm allowed to impulsively invite people to. I'm I'm afraid of rejection. You know, I'm afraid that they're going to say no. You know, I just don't think about it. Like I just, I just show up to events and I don't, I don't think about the, you know, poor Blake who's moving to every two or three years. You know, the equivalent of that today is there's so many isolated people um, that are like, thank you for inviting me. Like, I want to I want to be in a relationship. um So, yeah, just journal through like what could bump you up a couple of of slots on on that continuum. So that you become an impulsive inviter, because that is going to really um, uh, mul- <clears throat> multiply your opportunities for relationships, for conversations about the gospel. Um, I think this is a really critical component. So cool. thanks a lot, Blake, for, for sharing that with us.
2: Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission coaching intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.